0: Today, on the Ward Preacher Podcast, the lost ten tribes, Hezekiah and Assyria, and Josiah, the last righteous king. I'm Brett Jensen, and this is the Ward Preacher Podcast. right, our Come Follow Me curriculum for this coming week will bring us to the rest of 2 Kings, chapters 17 through 25. Um, Let's go ahead and get started by talking a little about what happened to the northern kingdom. Of course, we had already kind of talked about in the days of Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, the kingdom divided, 10 of the tribes... Uh, formed the kingdom of Israel, and they had a series of dynasties, none of which lasted super long. Um, The southern kingdom, the kingdom of Judah, had a single line from David through Solomon that persisted uh, throughout the entire course of the kings of Judah. Um, Some of the kings of Israel were really bad. All of them, though, were wicked and prioritized the politics of their age over faith in the Lord. And typically, this meant some form of tolerating idolatry in their land, sometimes promoting it. Uh, in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, he created images and altars in Dan and, uh, and Bethel these golden calves, to try and keep the Israelites in Israel and not go down to the temple in Jerusalem. This was a bad idea. His dynasty did not last very long. Um, And no one really cleaned up in all of Israel's history. Um, And of course, some of them were worse than this. When Ahab imported the worship of Baal, This was conspiracies to commit murder, offering their children to Moloch. Uh, This was uh, treating the law of chastity as though it were guidelines instead of an actual law. They were doing all sorts of wicked things. The relative freedom that all of Israel, all the children of Israel had enjoyed during the late Bronze Age collapse... Was coming to an end. And the Age of Empires was beginning. Now you'd seen some of these empires before, before the Bronze Age Collapse, where you had old Assyria and Babylon and Egypt. Um, But uh, during the Bronze Age Collapse, they pretty much just shrunk down to a couple of cities, sometimes even a single city. They didn't build large structures. They didn't have influential kingdoms. It was, a, it was like the Dark Ages. Um, but in old Assyria, there began to again be some mighty kings who sought to subdue peoples beyond the cities of Ashur and Nineveh. And they began to cooperate and get larger forces, uh, forming eventually huge armies, And the first people who were able to do this had strength over everybody else who was still isolated in these small kingdoms. They couldn't match these forces of hundreds of thousands of soldiers, and so they were conquered. And to prevent uprisings and encourage assimilation in the Assyrian Empire, they removed people's from their homelands and put them in new places, and then send other people to populate their former homes. So they were they were breaking the connection between a people and their land, saying, now we're all one people, we're all a part of Assyria. Really, the only kingdom that had endured the Bronze Age collapse was Egypt. And there were some who believed that Egypt would save them from these terrifying armies in the north. The last king of Israel had been handpicked by Assyria, so he wouldn't mess with them. But he got caught appealing to Egypt. And in the end, King Hoshea came. uh, was approached by the Assyrians. They conquered everything. They carried all of the Israelites away and planted them over in Media and in other areas. They took them to the north. The few remnants that survived were then joined by peoples from other regions that brought their gods. And this became the, the origins of the people in Samaria that would later become known as the Samaritans. And from this time, the ten tribes of the north were considered to be lost. Now, of course, their dealings were not a mystery to the Lord. When he sent his prophets to declare that Ephraim and Judah would be united, including by the mouth of the prophet Isaiah, who was a prophet at this time, the Lord knew exactly what he meant. This was going to be a literal gathering of Israel. The promises that God made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob Of course they still applied. They were taken to the north, but at some point, they will be brought in a meaningful way from the north. And it's vital to understand that nothing is beyond the power of God to restore. All right, in the south, um, Ahaz had been the king of Judah, and he was a lot like Benny, from the 1999 movie with Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz called The Mummy. Um, if you remember that movie, Benny was the wimpy little uh, guy who, when confronted by The Mummy, Imhotep, had medallions from dozens of different religions, and he began praying to every single one, one after another, that, uh, that he possibly had, hoping that one god would save him. That was a lot like Ahaz. He was willing to go worship almost any god except for the Lord in the hopes that they would help him solve his problems. But of course, like the prophets of Baal, no other gods heard him. Judah was made low in the days of Ahaz. At last, Ahaz was killed, and his 25-year-old son Hezekiah assumed the throne. Now, in spite of his upbringing, Hezekiah was determined to serve the Lord. He went through his kingdom. He removed the high places and the groves and the images. He even destroyed the brass serpent, the brazen serpent that Moses had made. Um, the, The whole look to God and live thing had been supplanted by idol worship they were burning incense to the thing so he destroyed it Uh, it was like no we need to actually serve the lord not the statue now this didn't mean that judah was free of problems they had turned back to the lord but assyria was still expanding and of course we already talked about how they took israel away and of course just south of israel was judah now, Hezekiah was concerned about his kingdom, and as they began taking uh, some of the cities of Judah, he sent great tribute. A lot of the wealth of Judah was sent to Assyria to try and buy them off to prevent their advance to Jerusalem. But Assyria was determined to take Jerusalem anyway. They came and surrounded the city, and they sent a messenger Rabshakeh, who spoke not to the king in Syrian, but he spoke instead directly to the soldiers who were on the walls. And this is what he said. Hearken not to Hezekiah, for thus saith the king of Assyria, Make an agreement with me by a present, and come out to me, and then eat ye every man of his own vine, and every one of his fig tree, and drink ye every one the waters of his cistern, until I come and take you away to a land like your own land, a land of corn and wine, a land of bread and vineyards, a land of oil, olive, and of honey, And ye may live, and not die, and hearken not unto Hezekiah, when he persuadeth you, saying, The Lord will deliver us. Hath any of the gods of the nations delivered at all his land out of the hand of the king of Assyria? Or the gods of Hamath and Arpad, or the gods of Sepharvaim, Hena, and Eva, have they delivered Samaria out of mine hand? Who are they among all the gods of the countries that have delivered their country out of mine hand, that the Lord should deliver Jerusalem out of mine hand? So he was intentionally trying to discourage the people. When the king heard about it, he rent his clothes and he took his concerns to the Lord. He went into the temple. And the reading that we have here, I think, is notable. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel, which dwellest between the cherubims, thou art the God, even thou alone. Of all the kingdoms of the earth, thou hast made heaven and earth. Lord, bow down thine ear and hear. Open, Lord, thine eyes and see. Hear the words of Sennacherib, which hath sent him to reproach the living God. Of a truth, Lord, the kings of Assyria have destroyed the nations and their lands, and have cast their gods into the fire, for they were no gods, but the work of men's hands, and wood, and stone. Therefore have they destroyed them. Now, therefore, O Lord our God, I beseech Thee, save Thou us of His hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that Thou art the Lord God, even Thou only." Now, the prophet Isaiah was in the city of Jerusalem at this time, when it was under siege by a massive Assyrian army. And he came to Hezekiah, and provided an answer from the Lord. We can read about that in 2 Kings 19, starting in verse 32. Therefore thus saith the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, He shall not come into this city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with a shield, nor cast a bank against it. By the way he came, by the same shall he return." And shall not come into this city, saith the Lord, for I will defend this city to save it for mine own sake and for my servant David's sake. Now the massive army that surrounded Jerusalem, Judah didn't have anything to to rival this. Hundreds of thousands of people. But the Lord sent an angel And during the night, he slew 185,000 men. Sennacherib, understandably, decided it was time for a strategic retreat. They left the city. They returned to Assyria. And interesting, if you look in historical accounts that were recorded by the people who supported King Sennacherib, They talked about the conquests of Assyria in various lands. They mentioned some of the cities that they had overthrown, the peoples they had removed, the kings that they had slain. But with Judah, well, he doesn't say he lost. He doesn't want to talk about that. But interestingly enough, he describes that he left King Hezekiah like a bird in a cage. He was able to kill everybody else, but, oh yeah, Hezekiah is just a bird in a cage. This was very atypical. And, of course, the scriptures tell us the truth. He was left because Sennacherib could not overthrow the Lord. The king of Assyria ended up getting killed by his own sons in a conspiracy. The Lord indeed fought the battle, he defended it for his own sake, and this highlights a vital principle. Faith was always more important than politics. It didn't seem that way to many of the kings, but it was always more important than politics. Eventually time passes, The son of Hezekiah, Manasseh, did not walk in the ways of his father. He was a very wicked king. The traditional accounts say that he hunted down Isaiah the prophet and found him hiding in a hollow tree and had him sawn asunder. Whether or not that's true, the scriptures record that he made the streets of Jerusalem fill with the blood of the innocent and that the Lord would not pardon the sins of Judah that occurred during his reign. Uh, Eventually he was carried away. His son Ammon reigned, and wickedness continued under him. Ammon was killed in a conspiracy. And then Ammon's young son, Josiah, who was only eight years old, became the king of Judah. Now, Josiah was different from the kings before him, he was determined to serve the Lord. One of the first things uh, that he was uh, recorded as doing is sending people in to repair the temple that had been neglected since the days of his great-grandfather, Hezekiah. It needed to be repaired. In this process, as the priests were going through the temple, and uh, cleaning and and getting things in order, they discovered the book of the law. And they sent a servant to read the book, the scriptures, to the king. And when the king heard the words of the... uh, And it came to pass, when the king heard the words of the book of the law, that he rent his clothes. And the king commanded Hilkah the priest, and Ahikam the son of Shaphan, and Achpor, the son of Michiah, and Shaphan the scribe, and Azahiah the servant of the king, saying, Go ye, inquire of the Lord for me, and for the people, and for all Judah, concerning the words of this book that is found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us. "...because our fathers have not hearkened unto the words of this book, to do according unto all that is written concerning us." That's in Second Kings 22. He realized they had not been following what was taught in the Scriptures. The Lord was impressed with Josiah. He responded that he would still destroy the kingdom, but that because Josiah had humbled himself before the Lord, he would not see the end of the kingdom. He would enjoy peace. Josiah's new hobby became going through the kingdom and destroying old traces of idolatry. He cut the groves, break the image, destroyed the houses of sodomites. In fact, it was Josiah who finally went to Beth-el and threw down that altar which had been made by Jeroboam the son of Nabat which made Israel to sin. In 2 Kings 23, 25, it reads, And like unto him there was no king before him that turned to the Lord with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might, according to all the law of Moses. Neither after him arose there any like him. Now, for reasons that we don't understand, Josiah picked a fight with Pharaoh Necho of Egypt, who was coming north to participate in battles with the Assyrians and Babylonians. The battle between Pharaoh and Josiah took place in the Valley of Megiddo. In New Testament terms, they call this Armageddon. This is the valley in Jezreel. And in this battle, Egypt prevailed. Josiah was slain, and the people mourned him. Uh, His son Jehoahaz reigned for about three months, but already he was not a righteous king. And in addition, Egypt was a little concerned that they'd get more trouble out of Judah. So they sent a force in and got rid of Jehoahaz and found another of Josiah's sons named Eliakim, And changed his name to Jehoiakim and made him king. Jehoiakim was not righteous, but he was a firm believer that Egypt had real power. This became a pattern for the rest of Judah's existence. You know, the Lord couldn't really save Josiah, but Egypt, boy, that was the source of real power. Politics over faith. Of course, they weren't really there in the north when Babylon prevailed against Assyria and Egypt, and Jehoiakim was still convinced that Egypt would help them. Uh, Jehoiakim died. His son Jehoiakim uh, had the same sort of philosophy, thought that Egypt would deliver them from Babylonian influence, but instead Babylon came down, and Nebuchadnezzar took Jehoiakim and many of the royal people, including some of the prophets like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and carried them up to Babylon. And then he found another of Josiah's sons, whose name was Mataniah, and changed his name to Zedekiah, and made him king, kind of telling him, you're going to serve me. Now we're going to talk more about Zedekiah when we study Jeremiah, but suffice it to say Zedekiah was not a good king. Nebuchadnezzar came and destroyed Jerusalem and carried the rest of the Jews to Babylon, though the line of Jehoiakim continued in Babylon, the kingdom was lost in and the, the tragedy of the kingdoms of Judah and Israel was that they knew better. They had seen the Lord miraculously save them, and they turned away from the Lord in favor of whatever everybody else was doing. The Lord had been eager to help them, but they were eager to turn their backs on the Lord and chase worldly power, treasure, and pleasure. In the end, Egypt is not going to save you. Only God can turn to him. We appreciate all the support for the Word Preacher podcast. Next week we will be looking at Ezra and Nehemiah, talking about the return to Jerusalem. Um, Of course, there is a mountain of stuff that we did not talk about in, in the Kings and the Chronicles Uh, in these books that is absolutely worth reading. Please study that individually and with your family. And of course, as always, fight on.